0: Welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a semi-daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. I say semi-daily because of the NHL regular season slash playoff pause that is currently uh, ongoing due to the COVID-19 pandemic. We'll get to that in a little bit. I just want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, if you can believe it. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Now, to keep up with the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and new episodes will automatically be added to your feed where you can download, listen. Uh, If you could give a rating and a review, that would be very much appreciated as well. You can find me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren and also email the show at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com if you have some longer-ranging thoughts to offer. Today is Monday, May 11th. We're in week whatever... Eight, nine, ten, of uh, you know, shelter in place, of isolation, whatever you want to call it. And on today's podcast, I'm going to be looking at some what ifs in Bruins history, beginning with what if Cam Neely hadn't been knocked out of the 1991 Conference Finals by Ulf Samuelson? Uh, but before we get to that, there's some breaking-ish news. Uh, In the world of hockey and this is coming from the AHL where they have officially canceled the remainder of their 2019-20 regular season and the 2020 Calder Cup playoffs due to the ongoing COVID-19 public health crisis. Uh, The official word is this, quote, after a lengthy review process, the American Hockey League has determined that the resumption and completion of the 2019-20 season is not feasible in light of current conditions. The league's operational focus has turned toward actively preparing for the 2020-21 season. We are very grateful to the NHL and its teams for their support and leadership in navigating through the challenges faced over the past two months. The AHL continues to place paramount importance on the health and safety of our players, officials, staff and fans and all of their families. And we all look forward to returning to our arenas in 2020-21. Uh, further to this, the AHL standings, which is sorted by point percentage and stats as of March 12th, are considered final and official and will serve as the basis for determining league awards for the 2019-20 season. So how did our Providence Bruins end up doing based on these final stats? Well, the baby Bruins finished with a 13-game point streak, going 12-0-1 over their past 13 games, 10-0-0 in their past uh, 10 games, they finished with a record of 38 18 and 3 through 62 games. Good for a point percentage of 661, uh, which is tops in the Atlantic Division and second in the AHL only to the Milwaukee Admirals from the Central Division. So, a very successful season for the Providence Bruins. They were primed for what seemed like uh, a fairly deep uh, playoff run. But, of course, that uh, will not be happening at this point. In terms of individual player stats, the Providence Bruins were led in scoring by rookie center 21-year-old Jack Stanica. He had 23 goals and 26 assists through 60 games, good for 49 points. That was 10 points ahead of captain and veteran Paul Carey, who had 22 goals and 17 assists for 39 points. Uh, Brendan Gauntz, Peter Salarik. Both had 37 points uh, to come in a tie for third. And then Trent Frederick uh, had 32 points for uh, a fourth on the team in scoring. Other notable players included Oscar Steen, also a rookie. Seven goals and 16 assists through 60 games. Uh, Defenseman Jacobs Borrell with 19 points through 58 games. Uh, Zach Sinitian, 16 points in 42 games. Uh, Yerho Vakanine, 14 points through 54 games. In terms of, uh, goaltending, uh, here's what we had for goalie stats. Max Legacy led the team with 22 wins, 22-7-3 record with a save percentage of .919. Uh, Dan Vlader had uh, fewer wins, 14-7-1, but he had an excellent nine thirty-six save percentage. Circling back to Stednica, he ranked third in the AHL in rookie scoring behind Josh Norris and Alex Fermentin of the Belleville Senators. Uh, Norris had 31 goals, 30 assists for 61 points. Fermentin with 27 goals, 26 assists for 53 points. And then Stadnica with the 23-26 for 49. Uh, actually, another player snuck in with a couple more goals as well. That would be Jason Robertson from the Texas Stars with 25 goals. So very impressive uh, rookie season for stanica I would expect that he will um, challenge for a regular roster spot with the Bruins uh, beginning in 2020-2021, uh, where he might fit. Uh, I'll answer that on Wednesday's mailbag uh, as I've already gotten a question about that on the Twitter feed. So, certainly some sad news from the AHL. Uh, I don't know if it impacts the NHL too much, seeing as the AHL is primarily a gate driven league, don't have the TV money behind them like the NHL does. Uh, the NHL looking to fulfill the regular season and the playoffs uh, with some. You know TV money coming in to make up some of the lost revenue. Uh, If anything, it means that uh, there may be expanded rosters if and when the NHL does resume, and we might see uh, some of those young Bruins up on the NHL roster, uh, at least practicing with the team and there in case of injury. Now, before we get to my what if of the day, I'd like to talk to you for a moment about Bar. Now, I received a box of Built Bars a couple weeks ago now, and I've been steadily making my way through this delicious uh, protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar, and it comes in 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate nut flavors, and 8 chocolate nut-free flavors. They're covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Really tastes like a candy bar, but the kicker is they're extremely healthy. They are great for the health-conscious person. Help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. If you go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, you'll get ten dollars off your first order. And I can't recommend them highly enough. Like I said, I've been going, making my way through my box, and uh, very much satisfied with its contents. And uh, we'll be ordering another one very soon. If you go to builtbar.com and again, use promo code locked on, you'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code locked on for $10 off your first order at builtbar.com. You won't regret it. Now I've said it on the podcast several times that one of the major reasons that I am a Bruins fan is because of my love for Cam Neely. When I was a kid, I became really uh, into the Bruins. During the 1989-90 season, when they went to the Stanley Cup final, lost to the Edmonton Oilers. My sister was a huge Oilers fan. I latched on hard to the Bruins just to piss her off, and uh, I had already been a Bruins fan prior to that point because of my dad, as we talked about a couple weeks ago when he was on the podcast. Anyways, in 1989-90, Cam Neely had 55 goals, 37 assists for 92 points to lead the team in scoring in the playoffs that year. Uh, he kept it going with 12 goals, 16 assists, 28 points through 21 games. Uh, and the Bruins obviously were ultimately beaten by the uh, Edmonton Oilers in five games in that final. But, you know, certainly seemed like a team on the rise. Plenty of star talent between Neely Uh, Ray Bork, uh, Craig Janney, those were kind of the big three uh, for the Bruins with Andy Moog uh, backstopping the team in net. Cut to uh, 1990-1991. The Bruins, once again, a very talented team. They had three players with 90 or more points, including Ray Bork, who led the team with 94 points, Craig Janney with 92 points, and then Cam Neely, he only appeared in 69 games that season, but he had 51 goals, 40 assists for 91 points. The Bruins, who were coached by Mike Merlberry at the time, they finished first in the NHL's Adams Division with a record of 44, 24, and 12, good for 100 points. They won the division semifinals in a series against the Hartford Whalers, beating them. Uh, In six games, they won the division final over the Montreal Canadiens in seven games, and then they were lined up to play the Pittsburgh Penguins in the 1991 conference finals. The Bruins won the first two games of that series. Cam Neely had three goals in those two games, and then in game three, Neely had a literal run in with Ulf Samuelson. Neely and Samuelson had a fairly heated tete a tete dating back to uh, Ulf's time with the rival Hartford Whalers. He had been traded to the Penguins in 1991 and joined the team for this playoff run. And in game three of the series, just outside the Bruins blue line, Neely had deflected the puck up the ice and then Samuelson caught him knee-on-knee, just uh, kind of halfway between the blue line and center ice. Now, Neely was clearly injured on the play. He did stay in uh, the lineup through the rest of the series, but he only recorded one goal over the course of uh, those four games, and the Bruins lost the series in six after being up 2 uh, 0 in the series with the healthy Neely in tow. So, if we're playing what if in this scenario, the most logical conclusion is if Neely isn't injured on that play, then he's able to, you know, finish the series at full strength. He was scoring at a goal per game pace prior to that point. So, he would have been good for a- at least a few more over those four games. And it's likely that the Bruins don't cough up that two game series lead and they're able to advance to the Stanley Cup final for the second straight season where they would have played the Minnesota North Stars and had a pretty good shot at winning the Stanley Cup that season. As it happened, Neely was bumped again on the knee in game six, and he developed myositis ossificans in the injured area. Now, for those of you who don't know, I didn't know, that's a condition where bone tissue forms inside muscle and other soft tissue after an injury. It tends to develop in young adults and athletes who are more likely to experience traumatic injuries. People with this condition may notice that their pain worsens with time instead of getting better. Someone with this condition may also notice changes in the affected muscle, including warmth, swelling, lumps or bumps, and decreased range of motion. At this time, uh, Cam Neely obviously was a high-end athlete, and he was only 25 at the time. So he was, you know, in that prime area to develop, uh, what are we calling it, myositis ossificans. So... Very unfortunate turn of events for both Neely and the Bruins. The injury kept Cam Neely out of all but 22 games over the next two seasons, and he would only play a total of 162 NHL games for the remainder of his career after the hit because of knee trouble. Ultimately, we know that what caused him to retire early was a degenerative hip issue, but certainly the injured knee took a toll on his body as a whole and was the impetus for uh, kind of the early end to his career. Now, the thing is, the following season, the Bruins still had a chance to be successful, even with Neely limited. Uh, like I said, he was only able to play in 26 regular season games. He scored nine goals, added three assists for 12 points, and, and was kept out of the playoffs entirely. However, without uh, Neely, the Bruins were still able to finish second in the Adams division. Uh, 84 points, so 16-point drop-off from the previous season. But they beat the Sabres in seven games in the first round. Swept the Canadians in round two. And then were matched up again against the Pittsburgh Penguins in the conference finals. Where they were swept by the Penguins, who went on to sweep the Chicago Blackhawks in the Stanley Cup Final that year. Now, uh, it's important to note that the Bruins had traded Craig Janney to the St. Louis Blues over the course of that season and had added Adam Oates to the lineup. Oates uh, was a 100-point player. He was one of the NHL's premier setup men, so... To have had a healthy Neely alongside uh, Adam Oates would have been uh, a boon to an already effective Bruins uh, offense. And they had also added Joe Juno to the lineup, who was a very uh, talented, young, up-and-coming forward prospect who joined the team for the playoff run. They also had uh, Glenn Murray, who at the time was a 19-year-old, who jumped uh, on the roster for the playoffs as well, and uh, scored four goals in 15 games as a young player. So to add a healthy Neely to that lineup, uh, with the addition of Adam Oates, with Juno coming aboard, with Glenn Murray emerging, it would have been a very uh, difficult lineup for the Penguins, even at the height of their powers, to contain. Um, So, yeah. I mean, it's impressive that the Bruins were even able to make it to the conference finals without Neely. And if they had had him in the lineup, um, it's possible that they could have beaten the Penguins and gone on to play the Blackhawks, who the Penguins were able to dispose of in four games. So we could be talking about back-to-back championships for the Bruins instead of the Penguins. So in conclusion, if Ulf Samuelson had not injured Cam Neely in Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Bruins had a very good chance of winning the Stanley Cup in 1991. That would have meant Ray Bork would have gotten a cup as a member of the Boston Bruins and likely finished his career with the Bruins as he should have um, instead of being traded to Colorado to chase that elusive Stanley Cup. Maybe Craig Janney isn't traded to the Um, Blues and they keep that duo together but maybe he is and Neely and Oates form an unstoppable or at least dominant duo along with uh, the arrival of Joe Juno what a treat it would have been to see Oates and Neely together for an extended period of time we all know that Neely was able to go uh, to the Hall of Fame despite being limited Um, he came back a couple of years later and scored the 50 goals in 44 games, won the Masterton trophy in 93, 94. Um, We talked about that on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, if you want to go back and hear the full story there. But um, yeah, certainly that hit by Alf Samuelson caused a ripple effect that robbed the Bruins of their best chance at winning Stanley cups in the early to mid nineties. Um, it kept Bork from winning a cup with the Bruins. It uh, kept us from seeing Neely and Oates together for an extended period of time. Uh, ultimately, didn't keep, like I mentioned, Neely from becoming a Hall of Fame player. Like I said, he played in just 22 games over the next two seasons. Uh, in his retirement speech, he said that the Samuelson hit was behind him, but he also added that he had zero respect for the way Samuelson played. It should be noted that Samuelson was not even penalized for his hit on Neely in Game 3, and he went on to become a two-time Stanley Cup champion, which is just pretty gross. Um, I personally have always felt ill will towards Samuelson because of this, and I wish that young Ian would have been able to see Neely, uh, you know, he was in his prime years at this point, 25, 26, 27. Uh, those seasons were taken from him because of this, uh, this hit. And um, yeah, it makes me just kind of sick to think about it. Uh, it would have been amazing to see these Bruins win a cup, uh, very talented team featuring current general manager, Don Sweeney, and obviously current president, Uh, cam neely um so you know the um legacy of that team lives on in the current administration and hopefully uh, sweeney can get his cup as neely did in 2011 as team president uh so yeah stay tuned for some more what ifs coming up later on this week and i think even into next week As per usual, let's finish off by taking a look at some news and notes from around the hockey world, beginning with another Bruins note. Uh, Boston Bruins goalie Tuka Rask was on a Zoom call on Monday morning, and he was asked if the pause in play has prompted him to think more about his future. If you recall, several weeks ago now, there was a report in the Boston Globe saying that he was thinking about retiring once his current contract expires uh, next summer, I believe. And he said, not really. I haven't thought about retirement at all. This is his statement from uh, here on Monday morning. It's been such a weird time that I've put full focus on my family and just tried to enjoy that. Rask, as was revealed in the uh, 2011 Game 7 reunion Zoom call, he uh, just had another uh, baby. Uh, So congratulations to him. He said, last summer was very short. The past two seasons have kind of combined together and it's felt like I've just kind of used the time to get my mind off of hockey and focus on family. We travel a lot. It gets taxing mentally sometimes to be away from your family. So I just try to refocus my energy to the family and just be present here at home. I know that this summer I can start talking about to the Bruins about a possible extension. We all know UFAs can begin discussing extensions one year prior to when their contract expires. So he said, when that day comes, we'll see what happens. I definitely haven't put any thought into retirement or anything like that. We'll see how the season plays out, and then we'll see if there are extension talks that happen. Rask turned 33 in March. He actually recorded a shutout against the Flyers on his 33rd birthday, which was the Bruins' final game before this pause. Uh, he's playing at a very high level. Obviously, would have won the Smythe last season if the Bruins had won the Cup. And uh, with Yaroslav Halak back in the mix, uh, it uh, makes for quite a tandem that the Bruins have in net. So hopefully, uh, you know, they are both under contract for one more season. We'll see if that extends. As I've talked about several times, the Bruins do have uh, some tantalizing options in the pipeline for when Rask and Halak do indeed move on. There's nothing really new on the NHL front in terms of returning to play. We already talked about the AHL cancelling its season. Uh, Our old friend Bobby Orr has been in the news a lot lately because it was the 50th anniversary of his leap over the weekend. Uh, He was asked about the situation and he said, uh, to James Duffy of TSN that he doesn't see anything wrong with the attempt to restart the season on the NHL's part, but he cautions against trying to do it too quickly. He said we could just cannot come back until the players are safe, the families are safe, anybody connected with those games, around the games. If they do come back, we have to make sure everyone is safe. Not really breaking new ground there, but it's certainly uh, a consideration and... Uh, becomes murkier and murkier uh, by the day as to the timeline and how they'd be able to fit in the remainder of this season and begin next season. Not on time. I don't think anybody's expecting that now, especially if they do play the playoffs, but you know, within the 2020 calendar year. I think the issue at the moment is testing. Uh, NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly discussed the issue on Friday, uh, May eighth, saying that frequent testing would be an important part of any scenario the NHL and the PA uh, would need to consider for resuming the season. Bill Daly speaking on uh, radio in Edmonton, he said, "We're going to need to have access to testing. We're going to make it a point that we're not accessing testing even in a private way if testing availability is an issue in the community." Basically, meaning if Average citizens like you and I don't have access to testing the NHL and professional sports leagues in general should not be, you know, hoarding those tests. Uh, He added, we will not test asymptomatic players ahead of symptomatic people who are unable to get tested. It's just something we will not do. Speaking on radio in Toronto, he added, there are a number of potential solutions that are pitched to us and to other sports leagues, to other organizations every day. It's an important part of the process in terms of making sure you thoroughly vet that and understand the testing solution that you're embracing. So basically, yeah, if a large group of players, coaches, staff, maybe even family are brought together in these hub cities to resume the NHL season, constant testing will be needed and how that is going to happen is a major consideration that has to be taken into account before any decision is made on uh, resuming play. I don't know about you, but I'm missing hockey very much right now Uh, with the AHL season being canceled, how the Providence Bruins were playing before their break, how the Boston team was playing, even the pride uh, you know, advancing to the Isabel Cup and the NWHL, all three of those Boston teams were the Bruins affiliate had a great chance of winning championships. And uh, for us not to get to see that play out is very disappointing. Uh, but again, I hope you are all taking care of yourselves, that you are practicing social distancing. And I know it's very difficult as time goes on. It's been, you know, almost two months now since we last saw the Bruins play and uh, not being able to see the results of their efforts from the regular season is pretty bitter pill to swallow, but obviously the greater good is what needs to be taken into account at this point. Uh, I don't know how you are keeping busy, but you know I've been watching... What have we been watching? My wife and I watched the Atlanta Child Murder documentary on HBO. Not exactly uplifting by any means but a very interesting watch that i recommend if you're able to stomach that right now uh, we're watching dead to me on netflix and the last dance i'm looking forward to catching up on the latest two episodes we don't get them up in here in canada on netflix until the day after so i'm going to check those out today as well and i've also been watching a lot of new girl which recently reappeared on netflix and Uh, I'm reminded of how much I do love that show, and it's one of my favorite sitcoms. Um, Just reading some books as well, spending time with family and all that kind of stuff. Uh, We had some snow today, so not really getting outside as much, but hopefully the weather turns to normal conditions. And uh, yeah, personally, we bought a uh, fire table and a new love seat for our deck, so we're looking forward to making use of that. Anyways, all that to say, I hope you are doing well wherever you are and that we can get back to talking hockey soon. But know that we are all in this together. And if you do need anything from me, please feel free to reach out at Ian C. McLaren on Twitter at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com. Check out BuiltBar.com as well. And also check out the Locked On NHL podcast for some great hockey content. So yeah, that's it for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Take care of yourselves, and we'll talk to you again in a couple days. Peace.